1: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and Coverage Match Limited by State Law.
0: Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast. GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State
2: Athletic Show. Now, here's your host go power cat publisher tim fitzgerald welcome to another edition of the power cat podcast i'm tim fitzgerald and yep i'm on video so is everyone else the cameras will eventually move to get better homes more stable but for now this is what we're going with i like the fact that my vent shows i think that's, that's really classic so,
0: Should get the light switch shown yep. too uh,
2: but here's what we got here um, there there's the guys there's the studio there's what? dude's legs is that the camera right there that's your camera oh, right hi, there hi everyone dude the studio camera is on the lounge sign oh i see it okay yeah kind of yep. creepy yep kind of creepy but we don't need that unless we want to do a dog update i think daphne is out of camera she's behind me a little bit but here here we go it's a questions podcast brought to you by fridge wholesale liquor make sure you come to the fridge every time you come to Manhattan, and I, I sincerely mean that because if you're going to buy liquor, wine, champagne, I bought champagne the other day, um, make sure you stop in the fridge. Great selection, great service, great people, wonderful people. The fridge, yeah, it's a little busy because they're the best. Stop in the fridge at the corner of this and that, the town in which we live. College in Claflin. Thank you. Thank you.
0: No. No i got that wrong westport westport and cleveland <laughs> <laughs> got to screw it up on video right yep. yeah
2: yep so this is weird because my camera's here and i'm looking at you are you going to introduce that's- us oh that's zach carlson and nicole carmen i'm a little rattled i've never had to worry about camera shots on a podcast it's not mm. like my tv show where i've got one fixed camera on me i got multiple cameras rolling through here it's so fun High tech do over a, here.
0: You should do a butt cam for the drive, like that. Like the behind like me? that one, yeah.
2: And, yeah, my butt doesn't really show on that camera. Hold on, I forgot to put my phone into Do Not Disturb. There we go. Let's get going with the questions from Bass okay. Station. We had two threads. Yeah, didn't didn't deliver great questions. Well, I thought you were in bed probably uh, last night when we decided we better do a podcast today. We were
0: probably on the road back from Morgantown. Yeah. Back to the hotel in Pittsburgh. Actually, it was Washington. It was Ryan Washington.
1: Gilbert's favorite place. Did did
2: Gilbert come back? Sources say he did. Okay. Uh, sometime we're gonna take him out to Pittsburgh. He's just gonna stay. He he loves his hometown. We went to
0: this <laughs> we went to the Pittsburgh Steelers <laughs> Pro Shop. Hometown. He uh he didn't buy anything. It was a little picked over, but you know we did they got to celebrate
1: that 9 and 8 season and making the playoffs you know how it is kind of hot there yeah, that was very passionate yeah. i'm sorry yeah, we're, We need to we're gonna calm de-hot. down we're going to de-hot him <laughs> he's, okay he's right on top of that mic
2: there we go first questions from us because oh, nobody okay. asked us nobody
0: there asked us about this uh nick Sabin, what are your thoughts
2: i'm st- i'm shocked but not really not really um coaches college coaches are in college football so they don't have to worry about general manager stuff contracts drafts um player personnel, comings and goings other than recruiting and now it's all about that the nil transfer portal it's like being an nfl general manager that's also the coach mm-hmm. it has totally changed the profession it's made it miserable for coaches in general. Um, and you know what? I'll, I'll be blunt. He's an old dog. And he he probably doesn't want to learn these new tricks because that's why he's in college coaching. I don't envy the person that follows him. It's going to be a big name, I'm, I would imagine. But how do you follow that? How do you follow that level of success? And I I shared this on WWW when I was on there earlier on Wednesday. Meeting him last year at the Sugar Bowl for the first time was really interesting because I got a better feel for the whole program, being around the kids, the coordinators, all that. He's bringing in, he's getting those five stars that are of high character. Yeah. Now, people sometimes wonder, well, how does a school like that get a five star? Well, there was a reason why the Alabamas, Georgias, LSUs, Michigans, Oklahomas, and Texas passed on him. There's probably off the field things. Um, but he was getting the five stars that were really enjoyable, good kids, good young men. And I just, you can't develop players anymore in this era, they just go. And in Alabama, you're parking five stars for a season or two, and they don't need to do that anymore.
1: Yeah, Alabama is a developmental program. Like, I know people talk about K-State being a developmental program, but Alabama really is, too. And I was a little surprised. But, you know, I think when we think about retirements, it's important to keep in mind um, not everybody goes out with a farewell tour. Coach K went out with a farewell tour. Nick Saban didn't have a farewell tour. Now I think it was Bud Elliott from um, our, our friends over at 24 seven the national cover three podcast. He was talking about how it seemed like throughout the entire year, Nick Saban was doing things as if it seemed like he was doing it for the last time. He went on the Pat McAfee show for the first time ever this year and did a weekly appearance. There was pretty unhinged there. I mean, I'm looking back on it. There should have been more signs that this was probably going to be it, but there wasn't. And, um, I think that the sport will be forever changed because he really has. I mean, say what you want to say about Alabama, but that went from a program that had been dominant, you know, in spurts to now they are unanimously and universally recognized as the face of college football.
2: Right.
0: I think what's interesting here is there's now a January silly season where not only will Alabama's job be open, but every domino that falls, you know, before it. Does Clemson open up? Does Dabo take the job? Does Kirby Smart take the job? Oregon, I mean, Dan Lanning. Dan Lanning. I mean, no. and it wouldn't surprise me if two head coach jobs opened up because the offensive coordinator, the defensive coordinator job at at Alabama is more lucrative than being a head coach somewhere.
2: Right, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're finding that, certainly from the SCS level, but also from the non-power – conferences that head coaches are taking coordinator jobs now the pay gap between the elite schools and other fbs schools
1: is getting tremendous throw in the transfer portal too guys that's something that we haven't mentioned but now every single player at alabama even though the portal is technically oops even though the portal is technically closed i gotta get used to this new mic i talk with my hands a lot on this podcast even when it wasn't on video but um they now have 30 days to enter the transfer portal, So that's something to keep in mind too. And that could impact, it might not impact K state, but it very well could. I mean, that trickle down effect is going to be real. So um, think about if the Dodgers just all of a sudden decided to break up like that. Yeah. That's basically what's going on.
2: Well, I'm, I'm sure that the ADU is in on this. I mean, there's no way. I mean, Nick Saban, Alabama football is his baby. So I would imagine that the um, the AD was well aware that something was going on and probably has an action plan. If not, they're screwed. Yeah. They're in big trouble. If the if the AD found out today and had no plan and no idea this was coming, oh my gosh! Scramble mode, trying to keep this roster together.
0: Yeah, I guess I can see it from that point from a player management standpoint. Yeah. I understand that, but also it's the alabama job and if you're the ad and you have an opening at alabama for your football coach i don't see that as the worst problem in the world there are every single qualified head coach i mean you could literally get who you want right i mean there is no question and because of that i don't think there's much of a player management issue i think that the guys that go to alabama they go to alabama they put, they go to play for nick saban but they go to win championships at alabama at alabama mm-hmm. And Alabama is more than capable of finding a coach that can win them championships. I do not expect any drop off
2: with whatever happens. I will not be going to Alabama. Dang it. Wow. But I'm um, a big Twitter account brought up Chris Kleiman stats of war. I ah, look, I don't think that's going to happen. Be funny but, if it did.
1: No, it I wouldn't.
2: Would, I would laugh. No,
1: don't. he would have the record for most national championships by any coach. Yeah. Ever.
2: Yeah. Win one at Alabama and be almost there. Yeah. Two-time Hall of Famer. Yeah, two-time for, for multiple jobs, <laughs> yeah. but not
0: K-State. Uh, from Dinland 0809, over Chris Kleiman's tenure, has the football transfer portal been a net positive or a net negative for K-State?
2: I think a positive. I think a positive by I, far. I mean, look at the first year. They had no running backs. You know, they, got, they got two running backs out of the transfer portal when they had none on scholarship when he arrived. I mean, the transfer portal changes everything for new coaches now. And Lance Leipold has done a marvelous job um, accessing the, the transfer portal because now you can rebuild your your roster much quicker. And also they've had a couple forgiveness years about the number of players you can sign within your class, which I really, I don't, I don't understand why they have a limit on your class. Just leave it at 85 and if you need to sign 30 guys, let them sign 30 guys. But um, what it does create is opportunities to build your program quickly. We saw Dion do it at Colorado, mm-hmm. run off almost the entire team and bring almost an entire team new in new. And um, But I think for K-State, it's been a good thing. And I don't even think they've come close to maximizing it. They've got to make some internal changes. I know it's on their radar. Again, I'm going to say this for the 100th time. Please hire a former coach as your portal manager that just evaluates guys as they go into the portal, or you're looking at guys that might end up in the portal to see if they are fit for your program. And then when he goes in the portal, you know where you want to go with this, the, that first few hours of kids being in the portal is often what decides where they go mm-hmm. and case it's got to get better at it or before. Yeah. Well, that's an unfortunate truth. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I mean, K-State suffered a loss in the portal where schools were reaching out saying, you can make more money in the NIL. That's a, That's the shit I'm just sick of. They just got, they got to fix that. They absolutely have to fix that. They, they can't let schools or agents representing the players be can. reaching out. This agent issue is a problem.
1: I think when you agents usually are snakes, that's what it comes down to. Yeah. It's the, it's the people reaching out with the NIL that causes these problems. And y- you know, the question asks, has it been a net positive or a net negative? I think this is really the first year that K-State has had players that have transferred up, right? Like right. that's if exactly. Yeah. You even, yeah. even want to say that. That's right? exactly
0: like, what I was going to say. Yeah.
1: Like throughout the, the years uh, k-state when kids have left they've probably gone down like off the top of my head the only player who i can think of or the only two players that i can think of that transferred up really didn't even have any success and you're thinking of tyrone Tallini, who didn't play at k state goes to usc and t denson who goes to purdue other than that zach correct me if i'm wrong but i can't really think of anybody Mm -hmm. who's even landed at a power five school now obviously will howard and kobe savage are different Okay, and and I think that's where people can be like, oh, yeah, leave. Well, I I put him in a different category. Okay, I I look at Will Howard and say that he was a senior, mm-hmm. and he was either going to go to the NFL or he was going to transfer. I did q and A Q&A with um our Ohio State site, and he asked me like, why did Will Howard leave? And I was like, well, it's it's pretty simple. He wasn't going to be the guy. I mean, he would have had to have competed and. He doesn't really have to do that at Ohio State. You guys watched the bowl game. You saw how horrible that quarterback situation was. He's going to be the starter at Ohio State. Guess what? If Avery Johnson would have transferred, so would have he. So that's the – he. Will Howard was a senior. That is why he left. Kobe Savage, did they want him to come back? I would venture to say yes. But guess what, guys? He was also a senior. He was either going to transfer or go to the NFL. And so he decided to transfer. And so I don't really look at that as a net loss for K-State they've had a lot more successes in the portal than they had of kids who have left. And usually the kids who have left have been, Hey, you might want to go try and find somewhere else to play. Well, Lee, I put that in a different category. There was obviously a lot of other issues that went on behind the scenes there. Um, From a strictly player standpoint, sure. You can say that was a net negative, but I'm willing to see who they get to replace in the, in the portal first.
0: And I think this year, when you look at who's left, Like you said, this is the first year you've seen players go to good schools. Ohio State, Texas A&M, you know, really good Oregon with Kobe Savage, you know, good programs. But I think that's a testament to what the K-State program is. K-State winning the Big 12 championship in 2022 has allowed a lot of their players more opportunity. Mm -hmm. You know, more eyeballs, you know, watching good football on film saying, hey, we could use that guy. Um, But I think that this is the first year where not only do you see the talent leaving the way you did, but what they brought in was probably their worst year in the transfer portal too. I think this is the first year you kind of, you asked this question because you're like, well, look at what we lost and look at what we brought in. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's just, it's, this is the first year where you're just like, wow, there's kind of this disparity of, and granted that's for next season versus what this season was. But when you look at the portal, you know your incoming guys from this season. You know, I don't. I think this was probably the the worst year of the five for Chris Kleiman.
1: Still, some dominoes to fall though. Isn't right. You no. Know? Yeah.
2: Go back up. Tyrone tolini was an All Pac-12. Uh,
1: he might have been honorable mention. That is remains one of the more
2: baffling.
1: Yeah. Couldn't play at Kansas State, so he transfers to USC. (laughs) He didn't hardly play this year, though. That was the thing. He was at all-conference last year, didn't hardly play this year. Correct? I might be wrong on that, but all the USC games I watched, he hardly ever got it.
2: Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Next.
1: From Wade Ram, Will
0: Howard. No. Did I just ask that one? No. No, no. We we talked about the transfer portal. (laughs) Wade Ram. From Wade Ram, Will Howard, Ohio State. Does it say anything that no offensive players followed Will? No. Yeah. No. 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 Not really.
2: I don't see that really being a trend. I mean, let's be honest here. He his his friends were leaving, and that played a role in it. I mean, the older guys were leaving, and Ben senate his roommate and best friend was going to the NFL, and that was unrelated to Will Mm transferring. If Will had come back to Kansas State, Ben was going to the NFL. Mm -hmm. He's NFL ready, right? Yeah. Okay. Um. We're, we got Kansas and UCF in here, so I'll, if I'm at an odd angle, it's because I'm sneaking peeks at that. Mm. Um, yeah, that, that doesn't surprise me at all. And you know what? Him ending up at a program such as Ohio State doesn't surprise me at all. He's a good quarterback. Uh, again, I, I've said this other places, but I kind of want to see him with Ohio State receivers, with uh, Ohio exciting. State weapons, yeah. with Ohio State's offensive line, um, in a league that honestly, I don't think they claim they play great defense, but I, I don't necessarily buy in on that all the way. I think they just have horrible offenses. Uh, and plus he's close
1: to home. I think it's a great opportunity for Will. Will it's is cool. different than all the other Ohio State quarterbacks they've had in the past. That's I mean, I know we're not talking about Ohio State specifically here. Let it be known. Uh, shout out to my dad, who's a Michigan fan. so unfortunately I've had to watch a lot of Ohio State and Michigan uh, in my life. Will Howard does not really fit the mold of any recent Ohio State quarterbacks. He's not as athletic as some of them. Mm-hmm. CJ Stroud is a sit in the pocket throw the ball down the field kind of quarterback, but he really stretches the field a little bit more than will does. It's and maybe part of that is you know, the offensive scheme. There's something to be said for that. But they haven't really had a a big guy who is literally the prototypical stand-in-the-pocket, throw-the-ball kind of quarterback. Can Will run the football? 100%. But they're not going to use him in the quarterback run game. When you have the weapons around him, you don't need to use him in the quarterback run game. He is going to be the literal prototypical stand-in-the-pocket, throw-the-ball-down-the-field quarterback. It'll be interesting to see how he does in that system where all he's worried about is getting the ball to playmakers.
2: Right. And then on third and sixth, nobody's open. You run and pick up a first down. Mm-hmm. More NFL style mm-hmm. than, than what he's been in the past.
0: Next question from Claws Out, Balls Out. Is there any news on the plan for
2: Daniel Green? No, there isn't. I'm a little surprised we haven't heard anything. Maybe Daniel doesn't know yet. Maybe he's looking how his rehab goes. And, he, you know, he might be checking on his NFL prospects. Might be a lot of things going on here that, you know, we don't have all the grasp on everything that's in play. But my, my gut tells me he'll be back, but that's purely a guess.
1: I, I think that a lot of it has to do with how he does if he plans on participating at this Big 12 Pro Day. Right. And we haven't really talked about that yet, but that's coming up. I'd be in March maybe, Zach.
0: Is it still happening? I think so. I yeah. feel like it's just we heard about
1: it a while ago, and then well, we haven't really thought about it. Mm-hmm.
2: They're gonna win this game, UCS, aren't they?
1: Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, look at that. I, I think if he goes out and has a great pro day, he's gone. But can he technically still come back? If yeah,
2: he's got a hardship year, if he wants that medical hardship, he can get it. I
1: think as far as the program goes, I, I as much if Daniel Green wants to come back, they're gonna let him come back. Oh, absolutely. But for the health of the program, I, I would almost argue that Daniel, go try and see what you can do. In the NFL, right? Like, one more year of college is not going to alter your position, your draft stock. You're going to be 26 years old by the time the draft rolls around next year. You're 25 right now. The odds of you surviving more than three or four years in the NFL, if you are 26 as a 26-year-old rookie, as far as K-State goes, I kind of feel like you want those younger guys to play because if they don't, you have the big bad transfer portal that always looms. Yep. Unfortunately, that's just the way things are. You have to, you know, you have to throw your guys some bones every once in a while. And I think that if Daniel Green left, the health of that linebacker room might be a little bit better. But if he stayed, the ceiling for next year, I think, is a little higher. I agree with
0: both of those. The flip side of that, though, is K State has the opportunity to have a three year NFL vet, essentially. On their roster, mm-hmm. who would say no to having a no, three-year NFL I mean, guy on yeah, their they would team? Say yes, 100%. I mean, that's essentially what what this comes down to.
2: Well, let's be really blunt here. You know me; I don't really hold back. the The young linebackers are really promising, but there's not an Avery Johnson. No, there's there's not one that leaves, and you think, "When I'm not going to be able to replace this player." You know, right away we got to keep looking. Um, but I, I, I agree with you. Also, they they don't want those young guys to leave. They like them. I think they bring something to the table. it will be interesting. But no, we haven't heard anything on on uh, Daniel yet.
1: If Asa Newsom would not have gotten hurt, right, it would make this a lot easier because I think he would be that linebacker like Avery, who is going to have an excellent. season. I would agree. I I think there's a lot of promise there mm-hmm. with Asa. Last question of
0: the first half from Girth Brooks. Sports has seven of the new Big 12 teams in the way-too-early top 25. You have
2: Kansas. Top 30, I think, is what it was. Okay. Okay.
0: Yeah, I think it was a top 30. You have Kansas, Kansas State, Arizona, Utah, West Virginia, Colorado, and Oklahoma State. Realistically, how many teams from this league make the college football playoff? I know it's early, but who would you bet on making it?
2: Okay, so there's seven teams in the top. I'm going to go with eight in the playoff. (laughs) But I'm an optimist. Um, I
0: I think the Big 12 gets at least two. Really? Yeah.
1: I guess it's so hard to predict and think about what it's going to be like. Like We've never had this before. My initial reaction to this question is one. That's my initial reaction.
0: No, I think it's easy. I think it's easy to look at. There's 12 slots. One goes to a group of five. And then you have 11, 11 spots for four champions. So there's seven spots remaining. I think that yeah. the what, Big Ten, the SEC, each get two each. There's four. Then you have three
1: more.
2: I Come think math, they get right? three
1: each. Counting the champion. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So three, three, dead yeah. I mean, I I think what we're looking at here is the Big Ten and SEC will get three at a minimum. Right. But here's the problem. If they're going to stick with the committee, which they better, stick with the committee how are you going to have the fourth team in a conference above the second team in another conference, unless that conference is woefully bad and they have head to head games to prove they're bad. Like the ACC was this year, you take their champion and then you move on. Now, now this year, let's be honest. If this had been a playoff year, Oklahoma would have been included. I I believe that maybe not. I mean, we've got the,
0: I mean, they weren't, Ranked in the, year, in the top twelve, we, they
2: weren't in the New Year six picture, so maybe they wouldn't have been. But I think two do get in. Don't ask me who. I literally, I, I can't wrap my mind around this conference yet with the new programs coming in.
0: I, is I it? Is I'll it? I'll say one legacy team, one new team.
2: That'd be great.
1: Is it? So the question is this, though, guys: Is that the loser of the Big Twelve championship game, or is that the team that maybe finishes with the same record? but has one less loss because they didn't lose the big 12 championship. You got it. There's almost an
2: advantage there to not be in that game. So
1: if you're 10 and two, you have to win that championship game to guarantee yourself a spot as opposed to if you're 10 and two, like Oklahoma was and just chilling at home, you have a better chance of making it right. Like they, the committee cannot reward teams for not playing in their conference championship game. That should not, it, it should almost be like that conference championship game. If you lose, it has no impact on your resume. the only If you're going to play conference championship games, you can't, right? But
0: the place where I disagree is I think that you can get scenarios, especially in the SEC now with no divisions. And if you're going to play, you know, just, you know, eight games a piece and you've got, you know, three teams that are eight and oh or seven and one. I mean, it does get sticky there to where a loss in the championship game could be a bad loss, especially if you lost a game to that second place team. Somewhere along the way, you know, there's so many just tiebreakers and and what else with just having non-division scheduling that I think it's going to make. I think that having no divisions is going to be beneficial to each conference because they're going to be able to say, "Hey, right. well, they don't have a bad loss on them." You know, they might have lost to one of the two championship game teams, but they're eleven and one or ten and two. They lost to the two teams in the championship game. I think you're gonna you create your you create an argument for your teams to get in the playoff a little easier
2: what's interesting is how do i want to put this we saw it with how the big 12 tiebreakers were going to play out in different scenarios you were oddly rewarded for losses to bad teams Mm -hmm. because it doesn't impact your tiebreakers with the team's with which you're competing for spots. UCF beats Kansas. We have a and court, we storming. court storming in Orlando. Good for UCF. That is incredible. Welcome to the big 12. Um, I I'm just, uh, it, it makes me uncomfortable that Oklahoma state essentially got into the championship game because it got their butts kicked at UCF. And that didn't impact the, the tiebreakers at all. Think about how that doesn't make sense. Oh, you lose the tiebreakers because you lost to good teams, but you win the tiebreakers because you lost to bad teams that aren't competing for the same spot in the championship game. What? So, yeah, that's where this will come in, where the committee will look at this and say, hold on, you lost to a team that went six and six. No. And and you lost at 10 wins and nine wins. Okay. Well,
1: I see why you lost your tiebreaker to get in the championship game, but you're the better team. It'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. I'll answer this question, go on record, and I'll say, I don't know how many teams are going to get in, but I think the teams in the real with the realistic chance at getting in will be Kansas, Kansas State, Arizona, and Utah. Those are the four teams I think maybe K-State gets in, or maybe the Big 12 gets in two of those teams. Um, I would say those would be the four teams I look at as the four teams that have the greatest chance. And there's got to be someone that you're not even thinking of now, because that's the way
2: this conference works. Do we
1: have to
0: take KU
2: seriously? Yes, they're good. I know. I I know. We don't like it. I know. We'll see what uh, losing their offensive coordinator does to them, but... They got some dudes and they got a good head coach. That's it for the first half of the Power Cat Questions Podcast. On the other side, we'll get into some basketball. We've got some women's basketball. Congratulations again to UCF winning it at home against Kansas. It's pretty huge. And I'm gonna move my camera because it's bugging the hell out of me. I don't want to look over here. I want to look here. I want to look at my guys, but no, I gotta look here. We'll be back. we'll run to the
0: Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to the
2: PowerCat Podcast. Welcome back to the PowerCat Questions Podcast, sponsored by The Fridge Wholesale Liquor. I am Fitz. If you're watching on YouTube, this is my super close-up. It's unsettling. I don't know. I know. This is the better angle, though. But it's unsettling. Zach Carlson, Cole Carmody across the table for me. The new setup here in the studio. They're on camera. Uh, we've got on our YouTube feed right now, we got the lower camera, the studio camera running. See how far it's behind. Well, it's not that far behind. It's really not. I'm a little surprised. Thought it was gonna be about a full second behind. Daphne's wandering around somewhere. Dude got bored, had to open up the door here. It's just it's a mess.
0: I can't wait for them to bark and you lose it on, on camera
2: on camera
0: i will not lose. that's
2: it. not gonna happen
0: you're gonna have to calm down every time they bark now you're just be like well oh,
2: probably i should to... probably build like a because these aren't live we can go back and edit them and maybe i drop over like um what is it what's the
0: the color bars and and tone
2: <laughs> <laughs> what well, from uh oh for god's sakes uh where's this five seconds later oh, oh um, SpongeBob. spongebob yeah spongebob maybe i'll put that up Every time they start barking. Because they will. How much SpongeBob have you watched? Very little. You have watched at least? Very little. You know what show I've watched almost none of, and yet I jiff it all the time? The Office. It's a great show. Never watched. I watched one full episode, did not find it humorous at all. You should go back and watch it. It's on Netflix. I think maybe my humor has caught up to it now.
0: You've got to get through like the first season, apparently. That's what they say about these NBC comedy shows. Uh, You got to. Pain through the first six episodes.
2: Seinfeld was should have been canceled probably, but someone in the at the network said, No, we're gonna give it another
1: year. And it took off. Before we start this podcast, I just want to say for everyone watching, I usually show up to these things in like sweatpants with like flip flops and Yes. I've never seen you wear flip flops. You're lying. Okay, not flip flops, (laughs) slides, whatever. Speedos. I texted in our group chat, Do I have to wear a collared shirt? And the boss responded, Yes. Um, I, I Right. I'll, I'll be fine. I guess I'm a guest now anyway. That's not even normally what I'm on. So it's fine.
2: You're always, you're always part of the team, Cole. Thank you. Just because you went and took a full time job <laughs> where you get to interact with children all day and wear collar shirts. Just saying. Okay. Uh, we're sponsored by The Fridge. Make sure you check out The Fridge every stinking time you come to Manhattan. Please do so. Tell them <laughs> you heard about them on the Power podcast, even if that's a, a a lie. Just go ahead and tell them that. They'll fall for it. But don't ask for Die Hard on VHS. The employees there now are so young, they don't even know what VHS is. It's sad.
0: They don't even know the store was a blockbuster.
2: They might not even know what a blockbuster was. On with the questions from all Bass stations Zach, you got them?
0: I got them from yep. Go Stay Kate. Does Jerome Tang sandbag
2: in the non conference? That's a great question. I don't think it's sandbags, the right word.
0: I don't think, and I don't want to say he doesn't take it seriously, but he doesn't necessarily care about the results if they're wins. And even if they're losses to like Nebraska, I think that he's very forgiving to his team when they don't perform well, when it doesn't matter. Because really, it doesn't matter much.
2: Unless you lose a bunch of them, mm. unless
0: you lose a bunch of them, but they lost to Nebraska. They it's lost just to, picked
2: up a quality win, right?
0: They what? They lost to USC and they have lost to
2: Probably Miami. Miami, yeah, they beat Providence. Yeah, so
0: three losses to
2: tournament three, teams, good teams, tournament teams.
0: You know, it's it's hard to look at K State's record right now and say and be upset with it, even though there were a lot of games that were extremely frustrating to watch.
2: I think he has has a thing in him and it's probably not this right wording but when they're struggling in some of these games i think he's like let's let them cook let's just let them suffer through this and you know they can learn the lesson of not doing what we want them to do yeah i think it just all leads to once they tip off big 12 play and i bring this up too Grant McCaslin's doing the same thing attack i mean is this a scott drew thing where they just kind of aim their ship towards the start of conference season and and then try to get the next peak around the end of the season i don't know
1: fitz you use that term wrong by the way what let them cook that's like a thing that kids say but it's not like let them cook i know what you mean like let them just roast up and die and wither away Mm -hmm. when you say let them cook that means like they're supposed to be doing something yeah. right like let him cook he's doing good so you use that completely wrong no i didn't i use <laughs> well, it generationally yeah yeah that's kind of funny that's, that you say that that's
2: funny. did you get that too?
0: no i i heard it okay. I, I understood what he meant though yeah i did too but
2: yeah I, that but yes the, there's the, a the new generation has it totally wrong there is a
0: double meaning now
1: let it, let it cook means let them cook let
0: means, them burn <laughs> let them cook means they're making a really good meal <laughs> don't want to interfere right
1: I, I think that um the non-conference slate was weird for K-State. It seemed like every team they played was pretty good. Like, take out Central Arkansas. Every other team they played was I, like...
0: No, K-State played to their good. level, Yeah, I think, is uh, what that's, happened that's a good more. Point.
1: Although I will say USC 8-7 and seven right now. Really? So they're going to have to kind of go on a run to make the tournament.
2: They looked so good in that They opener. were really good.
1: They were really good. And I think there's something to be said about waiting for your best player to come back. Because that's what they were doing. Like, if you look at the rotations, Dorian Finister wasn't getting very many minutes, if anything at all. I would have to assume because they were kind of building a rotation around when Quez Glover and Naquan Tomlin were going to come back. They were getting those players ready for when those guys came back because the full expectation was that they would. So the fact that they didn't, now they're like, okay, well, they're not coming back, so... This is the team we got, and we got to roll with it and find a way to win with this team. It changes the game plan. It's like for football. If you sit there and you wait for your star quarterback to come back, then your offense is going to look different as opposed to saying, these are the players that we have. This is what we're going to do. And so I think when they came to the realization that this is our team, let's find a way to make it work, you're seeing how good a coach is this coaching staff is because they're able to adjust in the middle of the season. I agree.
0: And and Tanks talked about not wanting to peak too early. I think Jerome Tang would be very upset if K-State was playing really good basketball in November and December because he knows that that's just not the time that you no. need
2: to be at your peak. No, I, and I had that conversation with him earlier this year. I, I asked him, I mean, I, I said, I sense that you don't really want your team to be playing at its top level. And he goes, oh, no, no, we, we, get, we need to get to that later in the year. So there is kind of an art here.
0: Isn't that when he talked about the COVID year where they had to do a shutdown? Yeah, yeah and then going. they came back and it was like, "They're not going to believe that we weren't
2: practicing." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was funny. Good.
0: Okay. Next question from Girth Brooks. According to Ken Palm, the Big Twelve has 11 teams in the top 55, Crazy. with K-State being the 11th place team from the Big 12 where do you see K-State finishing in the Big 12 standings and how many Big 12 teams make the NCAA tournament?
2: Okay, hold on. I need to figure out. Oh, Oklahoma State, UCF, and West Virginia are probably the other three, right?
0: I would That's- guess, but also UCF might
1: be in after tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Well, UCF before, I'm assuming, was yeah. not in. Um, uh, I don't. It, what the committee does with this conference will be fascinating
2: because – can you really put in 10 teams from a 14-team conference into a 66-team bracket, 68-team bracket?
1: Well, who are the teams that are for sure not going to make it? we got to start there.
2: West
0: Virginia.
1: Virginia. West Virginia.
0: Oklahoma State.
1: Potentially. Yeah. Probably so. Yeah. Even though they've been playing better as of late, but they're 0-2, I would agree. Those I are mean, the two for my sure. Mike Boynton's
0: on the hot seat, oh, yeah. I think.
1: I'm not ready to say UCF since they just beat Kansas, but I don't think UCF makes the tournament.
2: Future Kansas State. They get
1: like <laughs> <laughs> the UCF
0: gets the night off from any slander. They, do. What they did.
2: Oh, I'm shocked.
1: They That's, still got their way. They still have a ways to go to get on the bubble, though. Correct. Yeah. So those are the three teams that I would say are for sure not going to make the tournament. Everybody else. I mean, Cincinnati just beat Texas. They'd be the only other team. I mean, are you Texas Tech? They're two and zero.
2: Hold on, Texas beat Cincinnati.
1: Texas beat Cincinnati.
2: They came back and won.
1: Cincinnati beat somebody. B- BYU. BYU. That's I'm at BYU. Remember. So it's yeah. a better Yeah. Texas Tech is two and zero. So these teams that were bad the last few seasons are kind of not anymore, I guess, if you want to say that. Well, the advantage here is know, if you're
2: a UCF. Well, you got a resume builder now. you got you got a cornerstone for your resume. And Iowa State doesn't really need that, but, boy, they got one. They got one the other night against Houston. It's, this conference is just hand-to-hand combat, night in and night out. This absolutely proves that in this conference you're never safe, never. And maybe that's not unique to the Big 12 anymore. We saw Nebraska beat Purdue pretty handily the other night. No, we didn't see it. None of us cared to watch that. I've seen all of Nebraska basketball. <laughs> I could take, although, although my least favorite player in college basketball is on an absolute tear.
1: Tommy so, Nanga. Uh, I don't want to talk about it.
2: <laughs> he just runs around and throws the ball up. And apparently he's hit like more than 50% of his threes over a three game period.
1: He's awful. I, good, good for them. I, I just think how fun this is going to be when they add Arizona, too. I mean, Oh, Gosh. unbelievable! Uh, give away. If, 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 Arizona State isn't awful well, either. He, well, if he
2: gets right his now, dream, but, Brett Yormark yeah. gets his dream of a, you know, ex- adding Gonzaga and Villanova and holy cats. I the mean,
1: NCAA tournament or the the Big Twelve tournament might be more entertaining than the NCAA tournament.
2: Well, that's what he wants. Yeah, he wants to create such incredible value with the regular season TV package that a Turner would actually bid on it to replace NBA um games that they don't have they don't have the inventory i mean it sounds like someone's going all in on the nba and probably out betting turner so
1: yeah because their sure. deal's up next season yeah it's so, coming up it's coming up soon so between iowa state k-state texas tech cincinnati probably one of those four teams is going to be that other team that for sure doesn't make the tournament right Yeah, that that you're essentially you're looking at that group, but that would mean all these teams would have to slide. And quite honestly, guys, BYU might be that team right now. I know they were at 12th in the conference, 12th in the country at one point, but they got upset at home and then they just lost to Baylor and they're 0 two in the conference. It is really hard to recover from being 0 two in the in any conference, especially in the Big 12. Now they get to go play UCF. So maybe they win that game, but then they got to go to Texas Tech. They get Texas. I mean, it's just a gauntlet
0: k-state 2019 yeah
2: it's happened it, it has. happens
1: i know that's why you were smiling very Brown it.
2: halftime speech that changed the entire program but this
1: ain't that conference anymore
2: no it's even tougher now it's even tougher
0: next question from k ned the big 12 had five basketball games on tuesday with four of them being aired on espn plus how can football games with more logistics be scheduled six days in advance for the best matchups on tv but basketball TV is set in stone before the season. Shouldn't there be a happy medium?
2: I agree with that. I do. I've I've never been able to make sense of it. And uh, this is going to piss off K-State fans, but KU shouldn't be on plus. And tonight was an example why. Mm -hmm. I mean, they were on ESPN plus and they got beat. Maybe ESPN wants that because it drives viewers to plus, which I appreciate because more viewers that go to plus end up watching other big 12 games. But I, there's just so much inventory right now with this expanded conference. I don't know what to do with the games. That's why I think I really believe that another provider is going to have to enter this contract. I mean, Fox will have some games along with ESPN, but I, I think a third provider is going to have to be in, available for basketball. There's just too much out there.
0: If this game was at Allen Fieldhouse tonight between UCF and KU, that should have been on plus. But road if, if KU's on the road and there's a chance that they can get upset, I think that you should put them on broadcast.
2: What's interesting is is I sense that it's the opposite of yeah. that for for the TV networks, not because they want the better game, but because the announcers want to go to Allen Fieldhouse. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I feel like they show KU at home more than on the I road. Agree. I on, agree. On the main platforms. Yeah.
0: But I think I think that, yes, like to k point, you should be able to, you know, the Big 12 should have slots. Let's say Big Monday, that 6 o'clock, that 8 p.m. slot, both of those are Big 12 games. You should have two other games, you know, that could be played on plus. You know, if you have four Monday games, the big 12 conference should say, you know, this is going to be played on this network and this is going to, play to be played on this network. Like, mm. and at this time, I think that you can, can change time slightly. I don't think you can change dates, but if there's a slate of games for a certain day, the big 12 and ESPN need to agree on what the time slots are and what networks they get. Can and I be I think, a
1: stick in the mud when you're done, Zach?
0: Sure. Go for it.
1: Okay. I didn't know if you were done. I mean, pretty much. I want to be a stick in the mud. Why, why are we complaining about this? We should be complaining about football. Like Baseball is scheduled out way in advance. It has the time and the dates and the networks. Well, basketball is scheduled out way in advance. It has the time and the date and the networks. I'm okay with that. Like, sure. So you'd be a fan
0: of the opposite. You want football games to be set in stone before the season or earlier than six days or 13 days. It
1: does because think about all of the implications and I understand everything is made for TV, but from a fan standpoint and even from our business standpoint, how much easier would it be for, to logistically plan out travel all of the time?
2: It is a problem for us.
1: So, I mean, I think if you want people to go to your games this is the best way to do it. Hey, hey, dude, how you dude, doing? Dude just made an dude. appearance. Think about it like this, guys. You know how easy it is to request off if you are coming to a game in Manhattan. You live in Kansas City. You want to get to that six o'clock game.
2: Thank you, dude. <laughs> he did that on purpose. He, he walked did. into the shot. But I, you I, I know serious, what I mean, Fitz. I, I know. I, you know where I disagree with you,
0: Cole? The NFL has flex scheduling and they just expanded it this year to include Monday
2: Night Football. Well,
1: then you can flex it then I'm totally okay with saying this game is Actually, on. Actually,
2: I do. I, I kind of like the flexing yeah. of big 12 games. Actually, I think it's a pretty good idea.
1: But like this game, KU and UCF, it would have been flexed. UCF just lost by 25. It wouldn't have been no. flexed. No.
0: So. But I'm talking flexing time slots. I'm not talking about flexing networks. This game would have been played at 6 p.m. or 8 p.m. or whatever, wherever it was going to be played. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter, but it was going to be played on Wednesday night. Right you can put it on a network. If the big 12 has the inventory and the ESPN has a certain number of slots and you know that the remaining inventory that doesn't get picked up for the, for the broadcast slots are going to be on plus it shouldn't matter which game is on which network, Mm -hmm. the big 12 conference and ESPN should be able to agree at a certain point, you know, maybe it's six days. It doesn't really matter because the game's going to be played at the same time, but and I think it makes it so much easier for basketball than football. You should be able to choose which networks get which get which games. I agree with that. I mean, that. it's just... It doesn't make any sense that you can sit here and have bad games on ESPN2 because you scheduled it up, you know, four months in
1: advance. What about ORS? ESPN Plus
0: or ESPN2? I want to say that there are a few games like that on the schedule, and there have been in the past, but I don't... There's no... It's not like football where there's like a right. set guideline of the TV times get set by this certain time on this certain date because it's, you know, it's
1: a week out. I have less of a problem with the basketball and more of a problem with the football. And I know Kenan's question was about basketball, but i that's my opinion.
2: I just wish ESPN Plus would switch their interface. It's confusing. You sometimes can't find the games you want. Um, like I opened it up earlier, I could not find Kansas UCF. It it turns out it wasn't updating. It just wasn't.
0: ESPN has terrible applications.
2: Mobile, horrible. tablet. I have a lot less problems TV. with ESPN Plus on tablet or phone, mobile, oh, it's terrible than, on mobile. than on the Sorry. TV. Mm-hmm. I mean, the t- my TV, and maybe it's a fact it's my TVs, because let's be honest, I didn't spend a ton of money on TVs. A lot of these were... From the office like this was an office tv and it's inexpensive but it just takes forever to load and sometimes the games don't play it's just very frustrating to me but i think the interface sucks sometimes i find it easier to scroll down go to football to get rid of everything else
1: Mm
2: -hmm. i mean they're now doing like channels within it with the ucf and uh, which is very confusing when i'm talking about the ucf after talking about
0: You're talking about UFC, UFC, UFC. You're talking about Dana White's fighting league, the
2: fighting. They, yes, UFC, not UFC, and the the octagon of doom. Can't central Florida, please? I'm looking right at the camera. Can't we call you central Florida? I mean, you, if yes, you,
0: okay. Last question of the podcast from JB KSU Forever. What do you think is the main reason K-State women's basketball doesn't seem to be getting the recognition some feel that they should? I know their non-conference schedule was wasn't that good, but they are still 15 and one 16, with the 16 well, and one now. 16 and one after K-State did beat OU tonight. They're still 16 and one with the only loss to number five Iowa, who they also beat. Uh, it they feel and play like a top ten team to JB.
2: Well, the problem is, is women's basketball isn't competitive enough. It's getting more competitive. Kansas State is a perfect example of that. There has not been enough talent in the women's game to provide enough talent across the board. Plus, women have 15 scholarships still. Men were reduced to 13 many years ago. You take two players off of every elite team and scatter them across women's basketball and more programs will be competitive. The reason they're not moving up is nobody's losing enough mm-hmm. above them to move up. And they're not regarded as one of the programs. They're not UConn or South Carolina By the way, UConn's kind of struggling a little bit. They're not in the top five. It was odd.
0: And with all due respect to Iowa, Iowa is not regarded by the voters very highly. I went through probably half of the voters when I saw the last AP poll. And Iowa, you know, K-State might have been 10th or 11th in a lot of those polls, but those polls were putting Iowa at six, seven, eight. Granted, there's probably a lot of polls that I didn't look at that have Mm -hmm. Iowa at 2 and 3 to get them up into that, you know, top five spot, but... I don't think Iowa is regarded as good as what K-State fans probably think Iowa is. I mean, they
2: played for a national title last year. They
0: have the best player player in the country.
2: K-State's done a pretty good job. Right.
0: So it's, it's easy to look from the K-State angle. Yeah. They beat Iowa. Their only losses to Iowa, you know, it, Iowa played in the national championship game last year. Yeah. It, it, feels easy for k-state fans to say yes they should be higher but
2: cole did you say the women's game is 1 p.m on saturday yes folks k-state men are on the road they play at three so it's going to be a tight fit but i would encourage you if you're in the area to go to the women's game on saturday at brambridge coliseum they play number 10 texas this is their opportunity i would venture to guess a lot of voters will swap them in their polls if k-state wins that game particularly if they win it comfortably you know, by six or more, whatever it is, that K-State will end up in the 10 slot and Texas will go to the 12 slot if there's not much more action above them in terms of losses. There just isn't in the women's game.
1: There's seven losses combined in the top 10 in the women's game.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, I need to pull up the men's poll, but I know for a fact there's not seven losses in in, in the top 10 in the men's poll.
2: No, no, it's just, it again, it's an how the talent is spread across the game. Women's talent is getting deeper. It's getting more plentiful. Kansas state again is a perfect example of that. It's a really good K state team. This is a final four quality team. They can stay the course and stay healthy and start winning these games. They have a great self-identity. They they just seem to have the pieces. There's
1: 20 losses
2: in the men's top 10. The men's top 10. That, there go Seven that, in the women's. That, that That's your answer right there. Yeah. They're just, there's a gap in the women's game between the best and the rest.
1: And really all that matters is if you get a top 16 seed. If you get a top 16 seed, then you host two games in Bramlage Coliseum. And from there, there on out, it's all about matchups. Yep. Is K-State the 12th best team in the country? I honestly don't know.
2: No, I don't watch women's basketball. I, I
1: don't know. Do I think they have a chance to beat anybody that's in front of them? Sure. If you just compare them to who played in the national championship game last year and what that team has done now, can they beat that team on any given night? The answer to that question is yes.
2: I think, you know, I did a daily delivery on this the other day, and I think what we bring to the table is an understanding of basketball from the men's perspective. And really the women's game is a different game in many ways, but certainly um, the disparity um, with talent in in these programs is notable. I mean, I would bet in seasons past the 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 five players on UConn who wouldn't be playing on typical you know in typical games could line up and win a lot of games in many conferences. It's just there's just been so much talent stocked. But the NILs impacting women's sports too. We don't talk about it, but there's there's some NIL out there for women's elite athletes that are going to change the game. It's going to spread the talent out. We're seeing the NIL do that as much as we bet. I think the NIL is spreading some talent out across college football. Oh, Alabama, you don't think I'm worth this? Okay, well, I can go to Kansas, Kansas State, Iowa State, and get a better NIL deal and play a lot more. Or Florida State. Or Florida State. Sorry. That's right. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) Damn it. Did he come in? Yeah. Damn it. That sucks. That's (laughs) That's it. That's it. Well, we appreciate you. I uh, just looked at the camera up here, and it's now here. I'm I'm just, I, I don't know what I'm doing. I, what do I do with my hands? I'm murky Bobbying this. That's it for the Powercat Questions Podcast, the first ever full edition on YouTube. We appreciate you watching. We appreciate the fridge, wholesale liquor. We appreciate Zach remembering that he's on camera, and he can't just get up and leave now. Got to, got to stay to the end. And it's, a- it, it's now the end. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Thank you for the dogs for not barking. Thank you for listening to the
0: Power Cat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. It was a very bright, shining light, Sarajevo, and they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future, moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future!
1: Viva Sarajevo!
0: Kiss the Future. New documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.
1: CBS Sunday. After the equalizer.
2: You collect rewards, right?
1: This is how I make my living. It's the season finale. Everyone's looking for something. Of Tracker.
2: You strong swimmer? So so. So so. So so's okay.
1: Justin Hartley stars.
0: How you survive, you make quick, smart decisions, If you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool actually. Very cool.
1: Tracker. CBS season finale Sunday after the equalizer on CBS and streaming on Paramount Plus.